So I found this article the other day that <laughs> kind of made me laugh, kind of made me sad, a whole bunch of different things. Um, and it was about Larry Bird and they, he was talking or he was being interviewed or something and talking about how so many of the players he used to play with would make fun of him for how he saved his money. Okay, so Larry Bird is a famous NBA player. Yeah, famous basketball player who was really, really good. He played when we were kids, right? Played against Jordan, oh yeah, back gosh. in the day. Back in the day. Um, but I thought it was really interesting um, because we had, in the book, I had that quote that um, where I talked about... And the- I, NBA and F- NBA NFL, and NFL players, players. and um, and I don't remember the exact percentage. How quickly they go bankrupt? But I think it's like, it's more than half of yeah. NBA players end up going bankrupt, according to some MSNBC article that I read, uh, which is just crazy it to is think crazy. about. Because in my head, especially as a kid, I was like, well, they're making the big bucks, so they're set for life. They're rich forever, right? Yeah. No, and I mean it. It's fascinating. You got a really nice head start when you're making a couple million dollars a you year. You do. It's like, you know, you should. Well, but especially if you come from not having a lot of money, you would think, oh, well, they yeah. must be really using it well because they're used to not having a lot of money. But it's kind of a bummer that it's the opposite, Mo- most of the players. Yeah, Larry said this, even when I was at the top of my game, we didn't drive a Mercedes or live in million-dollar homes, things like that. When I first started playing, we bought a nice little house in the French Lick, West Baden area. It cost $125,000. We didn't run out and spend all of our money because we knew there would be a time when it was over, and I wanted to have options on what uh, we could do with our future. So, yeah. It, anyway, interesting, interesting. Yeah, but I think what's so funny about this is that the people who are making the foolish decisions are the ones that are usually really quick to make fun of someone who's making wise decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, here he was just, I mean, just unassuming, you know, just being really chill about the whole thing. And I think it's... It's kind of a picture of what happens when money is in your heart, right? Mm-hmm. And when you can separate yourself from it and see it as a tool. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're after, really. And I don't know where Larry Bird stands with the Lord and everything. But I, I do think that it's interesting that you can kind of have that separation of, yeah, but there, there's going to be a time when I don't have all this money. So, like, let's think to the future and think about, you know, what does this look like? What can it do for me? What do well, I want to use it to do? And Yeah, and it's just sound wisdom. You yeah. Know? Like, I mean, that's <laughs> that's what it comes down to. That's the big thing there. And it's so easy to just get in the mindset of however it's going right now is how it's always going to be. Well, and it feels like that with everything, really. Yeah. Your, your Good friendships, your relationships, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you're sick, if if I'm sick, I feel like that. If I have a migraine one day, I'm like, I've had a migraine every single day. And Bob's like, no. <laughs> it really hasn't been like that. I'm like, well, it feels like it. It does. And it does. And it feels like it's always going to be and that And it feels way. like it'll never get better. Right. But that works against us so much when mm-hmm. we're actually doing well financially, mm-hmm. as in you're playing in the NBA yeah. with a million-dollar salary or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's the whole that's the whole reason why. It doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it, you know? So what do you think are some mindset shifts that we need in order to start viewing money as a tool instead of as a, you know, like ha- just being so emotional about it? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that's helped me is 
getting an eternal perspective. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but like as Christians, so few of us think of ourselves as eternal beings. And so few of us think of ourselves on an eternal timeline. We're still just functioning on this 80-year timeline that our life on earth presents us. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, I think it just forces us or all but forces us to make uh, less wise decisions. Yeah. Because we're just viewing it from a short-sighted perspective. It's the same way if you make, in terms of your entire life, if you made all of your, you know, and this is what um, so many young kids do, make all of your financial decisions based on what you feel in the moment. Mm-hmm. And the whole YOLO thing. Right. And, <laughs> and like whatever, all the pop songs, this thing about just blow all your money for the weekend because <laughs> that's all that matters. Like that's all it is. It's really short-sighted thinking and that just leads to foolishness. Mm-hmm. And then we have a longer-term perspective. It's like, okay, well, I don't want to blow all of my money this weekend. I want to have some money, whatever, to go on a vacation next month or to pay for college or whatever. And then, like, the next level, I think, of maturity in all this is having an eternal perspective where Mm -hmm. you're seeing beyond just the earth. You're seeing beyond, you know, also, like, what your giving does and how your giving impacts eternity, you know? Um, and, And just, yeah, it just completely, at least for me, changed my whole perspective, and it just really, really helped. So... The hardest thing about that, I think, is just staying in a constant awareness of it because it's so yeah. hard to remember that mm-hmm. because we are on earth and we right. do have these bodies that are only going to last, whatever, 100 years if we're lucky or blessed, you know. Um, but uh, that's the challenge is how to just staying aware of it on a day-to-day, in-and-out basis. Yeah. I mean, I would also add to that just like a practical thing would be to just – Write down some goals of, like, what do you want the rest of your life to look like? Because life looks very different after you're done working. Like, I mean, your parents are are done working, and it feels like they're very much, like, they've decided how they want to spend their last years in life. And they're able to do that because they planned for it. Um, And for them, that looks like hanging out in Florida playing golf as much as they want, getting to see their grandkids, you know. Um, But, I mean, there's the other side of it where it's like you've you've thought nothing for the future and you just have to hustle and grind for the rest of your life. Or in these people's cases, there were a lot of people asking him for money, Larry Bird for money, and he was having to say no, probably because he was like, I know you think. I told you. No, no, no. I'm I'm guessing it's probably because he was thinking, you spent all your money – immediately and i am saving this money for the rest of my life like this is my (laughs) right like this is my retirement fund because there's a short window and where a professional athlete can actually play yeah and it doesn't always go till 65 70 75 you know like like the rest of america can afford to do it it's like you have a short window of time and then after that like you need to be set up for what's going to happen the rest of your life. Yeah. So he probably is like, well, it seemed like I made a lot of money, but I mean, I've got several years still to pay for my family and pay for myself to live, right? Yeah. No, but it, it is interesting. It specifically mentions in this article how after some of these players went bankrupt, they're like, hey, Larry, uh, you got any money hey, in that Larry. savings account you want to share? I know. <laughs> Which, I, yeah. It Which, would be I mean, tempting if, not to be the, like, uh, I told you. What's the parable of the foolish virgins? I mean, isn't that exactly it? Yeah, pretty it? much. Like, yeah, exactly. Bring your oil. Bring your, bring your oil. oil. Pack up for later. 
Um, we don't have any oil. Can we just borrow yours? Like, It's so fascinating how much we don't want to talk about money and yet how much the Bible talks about money. That's a whole other podcast in itself. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess our point here is just, you know, have you thought about what's going to happen after you're done working? What is going to happen for the rest of your life? Like the other day I just said to Bob, I was like, we need to start saving for our daughter's wedding because, you know, it's really easy to be like, I mean, she's five years old. We had that just put that off. But like all of a sudden, I mean, some of these weddings are like ridiculously expensive and, you know. Which we are, well. I guess Whatever, we like, that let's now, just, <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. We're just saying that. But I'm like, if we just start putting some money away right now, then it's not that big of a deal when the time comes. And should she not want an expensive wedding, we can give it to her to buy a house with her husband. You know I'd what I mean? I'd much rather would do that. I so know, but it's for not. For anybody who doesn't know we're not about. We're going to make that choice for her. Well, we'll have that conversation later. We'll but <laughs> She's five, okay? She's five. Let's just. I'm just saying it would be wise for us to start putting that away now so that when the time comes, we're not surprised by it. Yeah, of course. 100% agree. And the same with the other two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think, you know, since we're going down random tangents, let's just do this. <laughs> so we got married, uh, had a very, very small wedding mm-hmm. and um, very inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't regret it, you know? Do not Because I think it. that... Uh, really enjoyed it a whole lot. Yeah. You know? Well, we're not, we are big party people, though. That's what's kind of funny. But I feel like in this instance, we did not feel like having a big party. I also, I feel like weddings sometimes bring out a lot of strife, and that I, it was going in that direction for me, and I was seeing just not a lot of harmony. And I, I was like, I don't want to get married like this. I'd rather just get married. I'd rather elope. So that, you know, we didn't end up doing that because I thought that would bring some <laughs> some strife as some well. additional strife. Uh, but uh, instead, it was like we created this moment that seemed really sweet, really holy, made people feel included, made us feel like we were connected instead of, you know, just doing it for everyone else. I have a friend getting married really soon, and she's moving away what, right after she gets married. And so she's like... At my wedding, I'm going to be saying goodbye to everybody. And I'm like, I, I can't imagine. that. That's got to be like a really hard thing to think through of like, I'm not just trying to say hi to everybody at my wedding. I'm also trying to say like tearful goodbyes at my wedding too. Yeah, but I mean, tough. everybody gets to do whatever they want. I, I get that. But well, it, the, this worked out really well for us. Th- that's my whole point. That's why I'm bringing it up. Because in case yeah. we have someone listening who is on their way to getting married or the parent of someone getting married soon, yeah, uh, we did not regret it. Because I think some mm-hmm. young brides might be a, feel like if they do a small wedding, they're going to regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't. It and great. we really enjoyed it. And it saved us a ton of if money that we could have spent. Send us a message. Spent. We'll talk you out of it. Um, <laughs> You know, and the, and there's something, you know, if you want a big wedding, that's great. And a big wedding is different than a $100,000 wedding. Like, uh, the point is, like, you're getting married. <laughs> you're getting married. Let's put the first thing first. Let's focus on the right. marriage and not on throwing the world's biggest totally. party that would impress the Kardashians. Like, Although, if you're having that wedding, I do want to be invited. Because <laughs> I do want to If you're going to spend all the money, you might as well invite us. <laughs> We'll come and join it. We you. might get a lot of invites from this. That'd be That'd fun. That'd be great. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's the quick thought for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. And we'll see you in the next one. We really love creating fresh content for you each week, but if you have not checked out our book, Simple Money, Rich Life, this really is our best work, and we have some free resources we want to tell you about. So if you enjoy listening to our soothing voices, then you can download chapter one of the audiobook. And if you prefer to read, we have the first two chapters of the ebook version. Or we even have a five-week book study outline based on this book. Mm-hmm. You can download all of this for free at seedtime.com slash sample.